Listen. Being feminine is not about having perfectly shaved armpits or speaking in a high-pitched voice. Feminine energy is within all of us, and when you activate it, you can get the most out of life and feel very connected to yourself and others. It is 2021. We made it. Happy New Year, all of my official box owners. The first episode of 2021 here on Period Sis. I'm your host, Mandy B, and I am super excited for you guys to join this journey, this tale of womanhood here this year. Every week, you guys can catch me wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Before we start this week's episode with a very special guest, I want to let you guys know that you need to go on over to Official Box Owner and join our mailing list because our first box, which happens to also be box number two of our subscription boxes, launch next week. That's right. January 11th, you can get yourself an official box subscription box. And I'm so excited because this next box definitely focuses more on sex and experimenting, enjoying, but also taking care of what's down there. The, the, the thing that you own, the best part of you, that vagina. So this week I am joined by Aisha K. Fanes, who I'm super excited to be joined with. Met her through a panel on the grapevine and she is just a wonderful soul. And I couldn't think of any better way to start off the new year than to start off with an episode about owning your femininity. I, I I think I've mentioned it before. I actually hate the word feminism, but in this week's episode, there are so many different archetypes of femininity that you can hold. We talk about the difference between femininity and masculinity. We, we, we share the difference uh, kind of about gender roles and what that has looked like over time. Again, I'm super excited about this week's episode. Ladies, it is another tale of womanhood for women by women. Hey guys, welcome to yet another episode of Period Sis. I am joined today with Aisha Faines. She is the founder of Women Love Power. She is also a writer and also a panelist on The Grape Vine. Hi, Aisha. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mandy. You know, I always love coming on any Mandy production. Oh, stop <laughs> it, stop it. I'm excited because uh, we're in a new year of Period Sis and mm -hmm. What I know uh, many of you have, have grown to love about this show is how we dig into not only vaginal health and sexual health, uh, a lot of the topics that you will see going into 2021 will deal with mental health and also just the, the feminine power that we hold as women. And so I love Aisha for this conversation because we are going to talk about not only the art of seduction, but how to just be powerful in the boardroom, the bedroom, and beyond, and also feminine archetypes. So there's going to be about three different parts to this conversation. I do want to start, um, it's Aisha, if you can, with what led you to starting this? Why are you focused on the power of women and that feminine, that feminine energy? Well, I will say that um, for years, I mean, from high school, I was fascinated uh, with the inner lives of just women who seemed like they were 
playing by different rules. They <laughs> were having more fun. They, you know, were doing exactly what they wanted with their lives, whether or not that was having exciting careers or, you know, like Josephine Baker walking down the street with a tiger. I was always, you know, fascinated and, you know, reading documentaries and sorry, watching documentaries and reading was that was just an early fascination for me Um, with women love power. You know, the story goes that I was actually a news reporter uh, for years and I got to a point where I knew I loved the communication part of it, but I knew that I did not see the rest of my life or at least the next 20 years in a newsroom for various reasons. And so I stepped back and I was freelancing and I was like, I really got to figure out what I'm going to do, you know, with the rest of my life. Um, Mm. And uh, it was during that time that I really, we're going to get into archetypes later, but just took inventory of what I needed and like what my purpose was, you know, and I realized that I was passionate about women. I was passionate about, you know, how do we level the playing field for women and how do some women, you know, lead these meteoric lives. Um, And I knew that I needed to do something that allowed me to be creative and independent and still give me this, gave me the space it's weird. I needed something that gave me the space to be in front of thousands of people when I wanted to, but also hold up by myself <laughs> doing my work. And so that's how I came up with the decision to create a platform and to center that platform around these things that I was passionate about, which is essentially empowering women and and, and really empowering people to understand that there's an entire feminine realm that we all benefit from accessing. Um, so in 2015, I formally launched, I think I decided in 2014, after I had a horrible experience with Fox. Um, <laughs> and I said, all right, let me get my life together. I started in 2015 and it's been going ever since. I want to ask you, um, in finding Again, I'm going to throw out this word and some women may be triggered by it, Mm. but it's funny because independence. Mm. And so I want to ask you where you found the feminine power within independence, because independence, when I think about it and and you with this journey, leaving your job and all of that, Mm. as as women, we pride ourselves in independence. But to me, I find independence to be more masculine Mm -hmm. energy and masculine power. And, and that's what also leads independence to intimidate men. So I want to know how you find feminine energy and feminine power within independence. Well, I I do believe that the feminine and and accessing the feminine begins with your own personal journey to self-love and to Mm. self-pleasure. And so in some ways, that's how we attract the best. Um, And that's not not just in terms of, you know, attracting the best of man, but attracting the best of everything. You know, I think feminine energy at its best is creative and magnetic. So I do think that there's a balance between self-possession and also allowing partnerships and relationships to flourish. Mm. Um, For me, I would say that being independent career-wise, just being an entrepreneur was number one, what I needed for my personality. It's not for everybody, but it actually probably helped me live even more as, you know, a Quantrell or Bon Vivant, if you will, because the workplace is very masculine. Um, it is. That's not to it, say quit your job because the workplace is masculine. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But, but at the end of the day, the rules, the traditions, the playbook 
for how to succeed in the workplace, particularly if you're in a corporate job, was written by men for the benefit of men. Of so men. We're not yes. trying to just, you know, make it work and do what we can. And so being able to basically build my own life that was perfectly tailored for who I am, the kind of work that gave me satisfaction to be around the kind of people who give me satisfaction to interact with, you know, uh, fans and customers who really are on my same wavelength really probably made my life more feminine. So I think that's how the, the in, how independence and partnership works together, if you think about it. Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So I guess dealing with self-reflection, I guess it's important to know who you are. And I guess as women, we can, you know, there's years that we spend on really not only knowing what pleases us in the bedroom, but understanding our personality, yeah. understanding our wants and our needs. Um, and I guess, well, I, I guess in order to talk about captivating a partner, you again just mentioned self-reflection. Should we get into now maybe those feminine archetypes of sure. what women, how, how a woman should identify themselves? And I want to give you kind of the floor in leading this conversation in the direction we should go, because I think you did do a lot of research mm-hmm. in finding these you know, different feminine archetypes. And I I do also want to share with you guys later, I did take the (laughs) test to find out mine. Uh, But let's get into that. What led you uh, to kind of dissecting what these archetypes were and and what they meant to each specific individual? Let's let's talk about that. Sure. So I will start again with uh, mythology. It was early. I think I was in the fourth grade when I fell in love with mythology. Girl, me too. I knew I was the goddess. I just knew it. It's fascinating. And um and 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 then, you know, as I got more into, you know, creative writing, um, that's really where you learn a lot about archetypes because they're used in movies, they're used to, you know, create fiction. Um, and so when I realized, you know, that they could really be used to understand ourselves, um, because they helped me understand, you know, myself, looking at understanding the feminine archetypes and most significantly understanding. And let me backtrack because I recognize that everybody is coming into this conversation with different experiences with archetypes but an archetype is basically you they they are universal symbols and universal stories that exist throughout space throughout time across cultures they mm-hmm. are these sort of skeleton key stories that exist and characters that exist and ultimately the reason why they survive throughout time is because they are a reflection of the varied human psyche and so when we use archetypes as a way of personifying different aspects of the human psyche that otherwise would be very difficult to understand. Um, The reason why I created the Archetype Program is because I think one of the best things any woman can do on any journey, feminine journey and whatnot, is to really understand who you are, understand the stories that are playing out in your life, understand, and this is the key Mm. thing, your emotional needs. If you do not understand your emotional needs, like you might have an emotional need for pleasure, you might have an emotional need for creativity, you might have an emotional need for security for partnership or for independence. If you don't know what they are and you're not actively building a life that fills them, then you are going to be out in the world being thirsty in ways that you don't, I'm just using that term, but in ways that you don't understand, because if you don't understand your deepest emotional needs, 
subconsciously, your body's still trying to get them filled. You're still trying to get them filled. Mm. And now you're ending up in toxic relationships, trying to get these needs filled that you don't even understand exist. So you've got to create that life. So that was really the purpose. And we always are telling women how to be. So people have this very skewed idea of what it is to be feminine. But that idea has been authored by men to make women fit into a very misogynist, patriarchal blueprint. And so I recognize that these universal feminine archetypes could be used to help women understand who they really are. And of course, we get into mythical stories and we get into goddesses and not just the Greek goddesses, but beyond. And then women suddenly understand, oh my God, now my life makes sense. Now I know how my relationship with my mother affected me. Now I know why I'm drawn to this kind of person. Now I know why I went through this period of darkness and came out. This is my own redemption story. Now I know the type of career I need, where I need to live, you know, what type of person I need to date, what I need to work on. Like now I have actual like physical things I can like work with. I get it. And again, it's so crazy because I guess as women, we do, we almost want to mold ourselves to be what we think a man wants instead of molding ourselves into who we want to be. And that's why when I was going through uh, this quiz and even looking into archetypes and feminine energy and power, and because I've had this recent conversation with my partner where damn, I think I was just going about putting the front and, and honestly walking away from my feminine energy to be, become more masculine, to kind of shield my emotions, to seem more in control. Mm-hmm. And and to me, seeming more in control and being independent made me rely on my masculine tendencies or uh, quote unquote, acting like a nigga. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, or, or even the, the way I think Steve Harvey ruined dating and ruined us as women because he he said that we should think like a man and in reality I really do believe now the power is honing in on that feminine power the feminine energy and being a woman you don't have to be a man to get a man you don't have to think like a man to get a man right so I love everything that you just said because yeah it, it does take a reflection on who we are as as women and like you said the trauma the the experiences with the relationships that we see growing up and, yeah. and kind of unlearning and relearning what makes us happy when we find out who we are as ourselves yes. so mm-hmm. let's get into some of those archetypes i know there's 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 a ton. I think you list 13. So there's, so there's okay. seven, but then okay. I'll, I'll tell you what the spin is. So let's go ahead. Get into it. Seven feminine archetypes. And one of the things I want to say is one of the things out that are liberating about the archetypes is that we'll recognize that a lot of the things that we think are thinking like a man, like if you think that being, you know, cerebral or sort of having being able to have an aerial perspective of life, you know, and, and to see outside of our emotions, or we think about being goal oriented as traditionally masculine. And it's not when you really get into particularly mythology that predates Western mythology, Greco-Roman mythology, which strategically took pre-existing stories that were coming out of Egypt and the Near East and gave them a real patriarchal slant by raping all the women and taking away their powers. So when you really get into like ancient mythology, you will discover that there are goddesses like Inanna of sex and war. Sexy, mm. glamorous, do what she wants to do, you know, rules the realm of the boudoir and the battlefield. Field. 
you can activate your femininity is to accept compliments graciously. I feel like women so many times struggle with this where someone gives you a compliment and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, no, stop, that's not true. Oh my gosh, um, I don't, I, I look I look whatever today, you know? Instead of just accepting the compliment and, and accepting the fact that someone has chosen to willingly give out positivity into the world. And so instead of tearing that down, instead of discrediting it and discounting it, accept it graciously, receive it, and know that it's true. There's no need for this sort of like false humility of like, oh no, don't compliment me. There's nothing wrong with people complimenting you. We look at Oya, the Orisha. She was with Shango. Shango would be like a Kobe Bryant figure, right? But she was mighty and powerful. So we have to recognize that our a lot, some, a lot of our inclinations are the feminine. It's just mm. that we've been giving, given a very false narrative of the feminine. Because you don't want to be someone who's goal-oriented, but you feel bad for being goal-oriented because you feel like that's being masculine. No, that's... Right. Have th- goals too, you know, and, and you know, and being or you know, or or the plate or, or playing down your role and your power exactly. to to not intimidate your male counterpart or when dating, exactly. you play down how powerful you are in the workplace because you feel like that's something that a man doesn't want to hear. Like, yes, uh, uh, yes Aisha, absolutely. And, and it comes down to the kind of man. I mean, also I offer courses in masculine archetypes too, but you'll learn that like, for example, a Barack Obama is going to be drawn to something different than, um, you know, a, maybe a, no, actually LeBron James and Barack Obama, the same archetype, but then maybe someone else. <laughs> then I would say then, then maybe, then maybe future. We know future got a different future. archetype. Thank you. Wow. That's it. That's it. So a lot of it comes to understanding that too. And you, and a lot of women are trying to target the wrong kind of person. Oh, you know, that's why you keep hitting a brick wall. I was about to say, and y'all know, I, and I, and I'm not sure if I brought it up how much one of my favorite words in the English uh, language, y'all are going to laugh, is insanity. Because insanity, the definition of such, is actually doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. And I think that we do that a lot of times in dating. Oh, yeah. We pick a lot of the same type of men, and we expect them to be any different than the last ones that clearly didn't work out. Yeah. And. I know a lot of us don't want to call ourselves insane, but that is literally the definition. And so I think as women, what you're saying right now and knowing who you are and what type of person you should be, uh, you know, seeking yeah. to attract is important. What, what type of person will appreciate you? Mm. And I think a lot of times in our society, we tell women to play so small or to fit into these very tight containers. I don't know if y'all can lose- hear me snapping my thumbs. but yeah, <laughs> We lose sight of, at the end of the day, you want somebody you appreciate and desire, you know, and love. And you want somebody who looks at you and everything you are is exactly what they want. They get it. They value you. Instead of trying to convince men who just don't get it. It's okay if they don't, they don't, if you're not there. You know, some people are an acquired taste. That part. You know, often the most expensive things in life are an acquired taste. But, you know, that's another conversation. It took me a long time to like caviar. I ain't going to hold you. (laughs) (laughs) But so let's get into what those archetypes are. Yes. Okay. So schooling us. The hunt, the, there's, there's seven different archetypes. Let me, let me, it's, it's early in the morning. Let me rattle them off our brain. There's the huntress, the lover, the mystic, the queen, the maiden, the mother, 
and the sage. My coffee kicked in. Um, And so those archetypes exist in mythology. And I put in a particularly Greco-Roman mythology comes from the, the, the goddesses of Mount Olympus. And I, you know, distilled them. And the work that I've added to the field is to basically connect these prevailing Western archetypes to even more ancient archetypes that were less uh, less affected by patriarchy. Now, the seduction archetypes, of which there's 13, actually came out of a conversation with one of my good friends early on in this journey of mine, where we were talking about dynamic women who were we would dis- we would describe as captivating or seductive, and we were my, we were going back and we were saying, what archetype do you think Nina Simone is? What archetype do you think Diana Ross is? What archetype do you think Erica Badu is? And we kept coming back to the idea that they were. Everybody's a blend of archetypes, but these women in particular were blends of one prevailing archetype and the lover archetype. They all um, had some connection to the lover archetype, which is really the embodiment of our sensual creative energy, the creative life force energy that attracts and recreates itself, what somebody would describe as maybe sexual energy, um, shen, which is a form of... um, and sexual energy that can be used to do other to do other things. It's that pleasure-seeking, connection-seeking, creative energy, and so you'll see it, of course, in a lot of artists or a lot of women who are right. naturally magnetic, or actresses, or you know, writers, women who are creative and drawn to beauty and drawn to pleasure. Um, and I do, I do want to add yeah. uh, as well, ladies. Uh, for those of you listening, when we talk about uh, the art of seduction or how we captivate the attention of a male or female counterpart, I want to say that this actually has nothing to do with your physical. Nothing so at all. The same way uh, you guys may have heard, there's there's someone out there for everyone. This is kind of what that applies to. So this has nothing to do with your hips, your ass, the things that we may physically seduce men with. This is more about your energy, your personality, what you let off into the universe. Um, Yes. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, no problem. Just because I don't want, you know, because we are going to talk about maybe the Marilyn Monroe's, the the Rihanna's, the, you know, the people that we just see as sexy, Mm -hmm. but we're not talking about the physical when we talk about this you know, seduction arch- archetype. Exactly. And and a lot of times when we tell women to tap into their feminine energy, what we're really talking about is that lover archetype that, you know, you might connect to through a dance class or, you know, through creating a work of art or just connecting to your sensuality. So I realized that this is, a, this is an archetype that I think every woman can gain access to because it's the most primordial archetype that exists. And that when this archetype is active in a woman's psyche, along with her other archetype, it presents differently, which is why an Erica Badu is captivating in a different way than say, um, not, well, I don't know why Lisa Bonet just cause she's the same archetype than say a Nia Long, mm. um, then say, um, uh, a Michelle Obama, you know? So right. this is why people, you know, or, um, a Brandy or Solange is going to captivate in a different way than Beyonce. Um, and this is why you can say, oh, these women are captivating, but when you sit, sit down and think about what they represent and the energy they exude is very different energy. And that energy, and, and ultimately that energy does come across in how they choose to style themselves and speak and their story and how we connect to them, but it's very different energy. So helping with so the 13 archetypes I created 
to take the to take the archetypal journey one step further and help women really understand how you captivate, especially after you've tapped into your lover energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and guys, I took the quiz uh, last night, which, by the way, you guys can find on her womenlovepower.com website. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to put that as well in the description of this episode so you can take it. Uh, do sit down because it is not a quick <laughs> quiz. Uh, it is about 120 or so questions. Yes. And again, you just kind it's of. Like, assessment. I should stop saying quiz. So people are so It's shocked. not a quiz. It's, <laughs> it's, really a, it's, a, it's a final exam. <laughs> uh, but I took it last night and saw that I actually got the results of the bohemian archetype yes. with the huntress yes so it's a so you're a dominant lover and your sex which meaning your highest archetype was the lover so the lover energy we just talked about and your second highest archetype was the huntress which is the goal oriented sort of the, the embodiment of feminine independence actually which is so me. It's a, and it's a fascinating blend that the lover is the embodiment of feminine connection and sensuality and creativity. And it combines with the essence of feminine independence to create, I think, some of the most dynamic, beguiling women on the planet. The, uh, Erica Badu is a huntress. Lisa Bonet is a huntress. You are a huntress. I'm a huntress. Yeah. Hey. So I, when, you, when you showed me your results, I was like, oh, yeah, I would have guessed that. <laughs> But, but again, I think that, and you know, I just, I just reached 30, but there is so much that I'm finding out now regarding the type of partner that I seek mm-hmm. and, and more so understanding what I have to offer as a woman, uh, as a woman, I know we talk about too, like, well, what are you bringing to the table? What, mm-hmm. what does a man, what does a man bring into the table? <laughs> and I think that when you understand the type of lover you are and the type of energy that you can exude and what you can provide mm-hmm. to your counterpart, you not, you, you could, you could eliminate the financial things that you bring to the table. You can take away the sexual things that you bring to a table. And I think it allows you to then not waste your time on seeking against someone who Aisha, like you said, isn't going to, uh, be prideful or enjoy what you have to bring to them because maybe that's not what they're seeking. Oh, yes. Uh, And I think the piece you mentioned sex a bit, I think the piece about really understanding who you are, owning who you are, embracing who you are, and not only that, creating a life around who you are. A lot of us are living lives that are in complete opposition to who we fundamentally are. And that Mm. is that drains confidence. How do you know? Could you could you share how someone may know that they're living in opposition of who they really are? Like, what are those? what things may come about, how will they feel? Like, could you give an example of that? You feel unsatisfied. You feel unsatisfied. You feel drained. What you do day in and day out, the environment you exist in doesn't give you energy. It drains your energy. I, I'm an example. Like I, my first job out of college was being a TV reporter. And so that is, you know, a great job. (laughs) And most people would be like, why aren't you happy? And I just felt it was, 
kind of draining. Like I loved parts of it, but there are parts I found the newsroom draining. I found the, the, the politics of the newsroom draining. I found the schedule draining. But I realized as I got to know myself is I thrive on creativity. I thrive on being able to conceive of an idea, flesh out the idea and create something. I thrive on making disparate connections and having time to sit and think about the world. I also thrive in solitude. And so as much as I love being in front of audiences, and that's one part of my personality, another part of my personality needs a lot of solitude. So so literally my newsroom existence was in direct opposition to parts of me that were vital. And that's why I found, and I'm very sensitive to things like that. That's why I was like, I don't feel fulfilled. And then you start looking for that fulfillment in other places. When it's fulfillment, you can really give yourself now you're overflowing. Now you're magnetic. Now you're really attracting the right things and people and opportunities into your life. I guess, how would you relate that to dating? We all know how sometimes our day-to-day, our nine-to-fives can be draining because, you know, the bills ain't going to pay themselves. Mm-hmm. And we unfortunately do have to go through, uh, you know, working jobs that may not be fulfilling uh, or our passion. Yeah. How would you relate to being in opposition of yourself in the dating realm so- and exuding that energy into a partner that may be, you know, magnetically not, not sound? I'm going to say that a lot of people are drawn to partners who have qualities that they really wish they could develop in themselves. Oh. Yes. Like if you, for example, are a person who really values achievement and success, you're going to be enamored by people who embody that. Oh, that's why when I was broke, I wanted all these rich men. Amen. Is that what it was? <laughs> and a part of his old genetic wiring too. But yeah, yeah. That's okay, okay. And so, and so what, and that's when I started off saying emotional needs is why it's good to understand what you need to feel good and to feel like yourself, because if you don't understand that you will be seeking it outside of yourself and then things outside of you will have more power over your life than things inside of you. Um, And I think that's the value of sort of understanding what you need to feel good, what you need to feel fulfilled. Another thing is we live in a very pleasureless society. We are a work, work, work. Oh, here you go. Talk on it. (laughs) Work, work, work. Society, we do not value taking time for pleasure. So for a lot of people, and particularly women, and I think women, it's that pleasure is something that we need to literally sustain ourselves, right? We, the only pleasure we acknowledge and validate and seek is the pleasure derived from relationships. And let's be frank, a lot of set, a lot of men don't go into the bedroom looking to pleasure you. Mm. And if you're not really good, good with yourself and truly having reclaimed your body and comfort with your body, you might not even enjoy the sex like that. Like sex for me became a lot better when I became a lot more confident and comfortable and aware of myself sex transformed for me. So that's another thing, like, you know, figuring out how to bring pleasure into your life um, and to fulfill yourself so that you can attract better things and, you know, and, and be, and show up as a better partner. And what you just said resonates so hard with me. I feel like I was single for maybe a decade, honestly, Mm. because a part of me, I wasn't 
happy with where I was living. I wasn't necessarily happy where uh, I was professionally, definitely not emotionally. I didn't know what I could give emotionally to somebody else. And at the time I was financially dependent on men Mm. essentially that were in my life. And so I didn't feel like I did have much to offer in a relationship. And financially I was dependent on men in a way that almost crippled me to experience affection and love and intimacy outside because I was like, well, these bills got to get paid. And so, you know, and Mm -hmm. so what you're saying for sure is where, yes, I know a lot of us, you know, seek not only the attention of men, but we do want to be loved and in a relationship with, again, either a male or female counterpart. Mm -hmm. And realistically, none of that is going to be satisfying until you do reach a place of happiness within yourself. Because you cannot give or exude happiness to someone else if you're just literally not happy with who you are. And I oh, think yes. that that's, that's the problem too. We rush and seek out someone else to give us the happiness because we feel like if we don't have it within ourselves, it's because someone's not providing it. And that's the problem. I think we seek happiness in relationships to be given to us. And that's that's not how happiness or self-love works either. Like you have to find it within yourself. You can't expect someone to be able to give that to you. Amen. I mean, I think we talk about compatibility. There are a lot of people and who are with people and the the common ground that they have is that they mutually um, are, if I am mutually, I am insecure in myself and there are parts of me that I'm insecure about and parts of me that I don't love and I don't accept, then I'm going to find people who also see that there are parts of me <laughs> that they don't accept. And that's going to be our common ground that we both think I'm not good enough. <laughs> and, and, then, the and, then, and then you don't cheat on you and then you're going to be miserable. Yes, so. and you got it. But you know what, Mandy, I wanted to say that before we close that your journey speaks to this so much because, you know, as a dominant lover, you're always going to be drawn to connection and to people and to, and really to fame, you know, and to creativity. Um, and we can see that, you know, but then also that is a secondary huntress. That's the, that is the embodiment of being a feminine independence um, and being goal oriented. And so while you did not, while your life before you may have been satisfying for somebody else, for you not being able to know that you had command over your life in every way, Yes, was pro- probably inside deeply unsettling, and now y'all know, y'all know I'm a control freak. I think yes. I'd have mentioned it time and time again. Uh, we we you had a, shots. Yeah, I mean, we also just had an episode most recently regarding self sabotage. So if if you guys haven't listened to that, uh, again, it's more so about just being not feeling in control of my emotions. So wanting to dictate how even my interactions with people work, like before you can break my heart, I'm going to ghost you instead. And, you know, almost just not being willing to work through those things that I do see as insecurities within myself Mm -hmm. and, and not being in control of everything. Um, I guess before we get out of here, Aisha, give me, uh, give me and our listeners a, tidbit of advice that you would give to someone who may not be uh, confident in who they are right now and is really interested in seeking their feminine energy. Uh, And then, of course, make sure y'all take the quiz. But what other uh, tip would you have regarding someone trying to seek their feminine power? 
Sure. Well, first I'm going to do a shameless plug. I'm going to plug my quiz and I'm going to plug the subsequent masterclasses. There's close to 30 on this of the site, but they're designed to help you do just that. Um, but two, I here's something that I find always works. Um, it is thinking about people that you consider your personal icons or personal heroes and looking at the qualities that they embody, because chances are those are the qualities that you really hope to tap into yourself. And you can, you have to start small. I mean, look, people, the rent has to be paid. Okay. So you may not be a satisfying job right now, but that doesn't mean that you can't be in your dream position in five years. It's just now it's time to start thinking about it and to start creating uh, start activities and start, you know, reshaping even how you live, like how you've decorated your home and the, 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 the space you spend time in to be soothing to who you are. And you can do that in little, you know, bits and pieces. I love that. <laughs> and again, too, when she said start small, I immediately went to, you don't have to seek to be Michelle Obama. You don't have to seek to be Beyonce. Yes. Maybe think of your uh your mom or your auntie or your grandma or those qualities within people that are near and dear to you what you like most about them um and strive you know and or maybe even talk to them about how they got to be where they are and their confidence um a teacher maybe a, a close friend definitely think of those people who are close to you instead of shooting for the stars and saying you want to be Beyonce honey because lord knows there's only one yeah uh, and I will <laughs> say this though that's that's a really untapped resource for a lot of women having mentors who are older women that is for me a saving grace and that's a really big untapped resource for a lot of us yes and guys please uh stay tuned Aisha thank you for joining us again check out the description of this episode all the things that you need to to kind of read more into what Aisha shared with us today will be there and I am going to leave y'all with a few stats and facts regarding feminine power and regarding archetypes that you guys can you know go ahead and add to your notes uh Aisha thank you again for joining us thank you so much for having me this was awesome who we are as women. We are creators, we are growers, we are life givers. And that really connects us to the earth. Creating something from nothing is really a feminine quality. So if it's a business, if it is cooking or baking, anything that has to do with creating something from nothing is inherently a feminine quality and I think is one of the strongest ways that you can lean into that feminine energy. Now, do you guys just love Aisha as much as I do? She's amazing. I really hope that you guys enjoyed the first episode of 2021. I do want to have more episodes like this. I know um, I share a lot of health journeys with women, but there's a huge mental journey that we all experience as women as well. And so I would love those. Again, if you are interested in being a guest and sharing one of your stories here on Periodsis, reach out to me. My DM is at Full Court Pumps pretty much everywhere, but you could also reach us on our Instagram page. That's at Official Box Owner or over on Twitter at oboxowner.com or not .com, I'm sorry, oboxowner. Um, again, I can't wait to have more conversations like this with more women from different walks of life uh, so that you guys can continue enjoying this content. Also, don't forget, go on over to officialboxowner.com 
Com. And guys, we're launching our next box. We are launching our next box next week. That is right. So join that mailing list. You don't want to miss out. There will be a limited amount. And once they are sold out, unfortunately, they are sold out. Thank you for joining me here every Monday. Uh, this has been yet another episode of Period Sis. Bye. Bye.